everyone. Um, it's another episode. I haven't done one in a while, so I hope you enjoy this one. And today I'm going to be reading The Power of Poppy Pendle by Natasha Lowe. I've read it before. It's a great book, and I think that you guys will love it. So, I'm going to read two chapters today, and I hope you really like it. Maybe next time I'll read more. So let's get into the story. Chapter 1 Poppy. Poppy Pendle was born on the floor of a bakery, Patisserie Marie Claire, the fancy French bakery in the little town of Pottsbottom. Now, people don't usually give birth on bakery floors in the middle of a Thursday afternoon, but Edith Pendle did just that. She had no choice, even though her baby wasn't due for another two weeks. Poppy pushed her way out with the speed of an express train and was immediately wrapped up in a cake-scented tea towel by the kind lady who ran the shop. The customers cheered, and someone handed Edith Pendle a bag of little warm almond cakes. Sitting up in her mother's arms, Poppy breathed in deeply and reached for the bag of cakes. Then she did something quite unexpected. She gobbled them all down, waved her sugary fingers at the crowd, smiled, and gave a contented burp. Although the Pendles didn't approve of giving birth in a bakery, no one could deny that their daughter was an amazing and extremely unusual child. By three months old, she had learned to walk and could carry bags of shopping up Pudding Lane to the Pendle's little brick house. At the post office, she usually caused quite a stir, leaping up and posting all the out-of-town mail through the top letter slot. She's really advanced, Roger Pendle liked to brag to their neighbors. One late autumn day, something happened that made Poppy's already proud parents even prouder. Mrs. Pendle's sister, Vivian, had come for a visit, and it was such a pleasant afternoon that the Pendles decided to have tea in the garden. Poppy had carried out her high chair and was settled next to Auntie Viv when her mother came parading across the lawn bearing a strange pink-tinted cake on a tray. "'I've made an orange cake,' Edith Pendle announced, which was a surprise in itself because she hardly ever cooked. "'I got the recipe from the back of a can of tinned salmon. Apparently it's full of protein.' Auntie Viv covered her mouth in horror and Poppy gagged, kicking her feet in the air. Poor Edith Pendle abruptly stumbled forward as if she'd been pushed from behind and dropped the cake on the grass with a splat. "'Oh, dear,' Mr. Pendle said, a hint of relief in his voice. "'My cake!' Mrs. Pendle wailed, while Poppy babbled away in her own private language. She waved her drooling fingers about, and a gorgeous chocolate cake covered in pink sugar roses suddenly appeared on the table. "'Now where in heaven did that come from?' Auntie Viv gasped. Poppy chuckled and sucked on her toes, blowing pale pink bubbles into the air. As they popped, showers of sugared almonds scattered down. "'It's Poppy!' Mr. Pendle cried, staring at his daughter in disbelief. "'She's got the gift, Edith. She's really got the gift. I don't believe it!' Poppy was clapping her hands together, and little chocolate doves were flying out of them. Mr. Pendle plucked one up and popped it into his mouth. "'Oh, fantastic, Edith! Our Poppy's magic!' 
Mr. Pendle worked in a shoe shop called Happy Feet, selling shoes to the people of Pottsbottom. It was boring, smelly work, being surrounded by cheesy feet all day long, and he certainly didn't want his daughter following in his footsteps. Now they could stop worrying because Poppy was destined for much bigger things. Crouching beside her, he stuck his face close to Poppy's. Who's a clever girl, then? Who's going to be a witch when she grows up? I'm putting her name down for Rothersfield Academy first thing Monday morning, Mrs. Pendle declared. There hasn't been a witch in the family for three generations, not since Granny Mabel. I'm just tickled pink. I'm so proud. I do wish Poppy hadn't been born in a bakery, though. She sighed. It doesn't seem fitting, somehow. Poppy made a loud noise like a raspberry, and a tiny gray cloud formed and hovered about twelve inches above the tea table. Oh, look, she's at it again! Mr. Pendle exclaimed. The Pendles watched in excitement as the storm cloud erupted, pouring water down on the chocolate cake. Then, Poppy scrunched up her face, turned to the color of an overripe tomato, and burst into tears. Straight after breakfast on Monday morning, the Pendles telephoned Miss Lavinia Roach, the headmistress at Rothersfield Academy. Miss Roach had never heard of a baby performing magic before. This is really quite astonishing if what you were telling me is true, she told Edith Pendle. But before I put Poppy down on our waiting list, I would appreciate seeing the child for myself. Sometimes parents go to rather extreme lengths to get their girls into Rothersfield. We are, as you sure, as I'm sure you well know, Mrs. Pendle, the only accredited school for magic in the country, and we are very selective. Oh, just wait till you see our little Poppy, Mrs. Pendle said. I'm sure you'll be suitably impressed. So the next afternoon, Poppy was promptly brought over to Rothersfield for her interview. As the Pendles were ushered into the headmistress's office, Poppy knew trying to climb out of her carriage. Poppy kept trying to climb out of her carriage and trot back towards the door. No, sweetheart, Edith Pendle insisted, grasping her daughter by the hand so she couldn't escape. Looks like she has other plans, Miss Roach said, smiling down at Poppy. Well, she doesn't understand what an honor it is to be here, Edith Pendle said, tugging her daughter into the room. This is quite an occasion for the Pendle family. I brought this with me. Poppy's father began carefully extracting a white sheet of paper from a cardboard tube and enrolling it across Miss Roach's desk. Our family tree, he announced, bursting with pride and pointing a finger at the tree. Well, my wife's family tree, really. That's great Granny Mabel right there, he said, tapping the paper, but I'm sure you know all about her. Indeed. Miss Roach lowered her head in reverence. What an honor for you all being related to Mabel Ratcliffe, one of the best head girls Rothersfield ever had. And look, Roger Pendle said, breathing heavily over the chart. Her great-great-great-grandmother Irene had the gift as well, so you see, it runs in the family. We can go right back to the 13th century. Certainly quite remarkable, Mr. Pendle. Now, please, won't you all sit down? Miss Roach suggested. I'll ring for some tea and biscuits. Poppy immediately climbed up into one of the chairs facing Miss Roach's desk and started to suck her fingers. While we wait, why don't you show me what sort of magic little Poppy can do? Right then, 
Come on, sweetheart, Mrs. Pendle said, tickling her daughter under the chin. Show this nice lady your tricks. Poppy blew a raspberry, but nothing happened. Make some chocolate birdies appear, her father encouraged. Poppy paid no attention, and it was only when the secretary brought in a tea tray that she began to get excited. Is Poppy allowed a biscuit? Ms. Roach said, offering a round plate of chocolate shortbread. We have a wonderful chef here at Rothersfield. Everything's homemade. Poppy gurgled, bouncing up and down in her little chair. Little marshmallow balls started to burst out of her lap and onto the desk like popcorn exploding right from a popcorn maker. One of them landed right in Miss Roach's tea. Now that's my clever girl, Mrs. Pendle said, planting a kiss on Poppy's forehead. The soft, sticky balls were pouncing all over the room, but Poppy ignored them, munching away on a biscuit. When she had finished, she licked her fingers and gave a satisfied sigh and blew out hundreds of tiny gold stars. Quite the show, eh? Mr. Pendle said, brushing bits of stardust off his shoe off his suit. Unbelievable, Lavinia Roach agreed. I have never seen anything like it. Your daughter is extraordinary. Brothersfield Academy would be honored to offer her a place. She is far too young now, of course, but when she's seven, we will be expecting her. Poppy scrunched up her face and blew a loud, windy raspberry. Pink berry shapes pink berry-shaped bubbles floated around in the air, and when they popped, an overpowering stench of rotting fruit filled the room. Ms. Roach gave a nervous laugh. It's a good thing your daughter's only six months old, she remarked. Otherwise, I might think she didn't want to come to Rothersfield Academy at all. The older she got, the more apparent it became that it was cakes Poppy wanted to make and not spells. Around her fifth birthday, she discovered a cookbook, The Art of Simple Baking, lodged under the fridge and covered in dust. It had been a wedding, a wedding present to the Pendles, and it was still in its cellophane wrapping. Poppy dug the book out and spent most of her free time studying the photographs of tarts and cakes and rich butter cookies. At first, her parents hadn't minded, because it kept her from staring longingly out the window waiting for the school bus to drive by. To drive by. If Poppy had had her way, she'd be going to the local elementary school with all the other kids in Pottsbottom, but Mr. and Mrs. Pendle refused to send her. Apparently, seven is the ideal age to begin learning for a witch, Edith Pendle told Poppy. They have different methods up at the academy, and I don't want to interfere with them, sweetheart. Anyway, I'm not sure I want you mixing with non-magic children, she had said. You're special, Poppy. And Poppy certainly seemed to be. She had managed to teach herself to read just so she could try out the recipes printed in the Pottsbottom Gazette. All Poppy ever does is bake, Edith Pendle said, fretting to her best friend, Maxine Gibbons, one spring afternoon. Maxine lived next door, and they were talking across the backyard fence while Poppy lay on the grass reading her newest edition of Good Eats magazine. She had bought herself a subscription with her birthday money when she turned six and loved to pore over the pictures. I don't know where she gets it from. I really don't. Certainly not me, Edith's. Edith Pendle gave a nervous laugh. What's wrong with a nice box mix, I might ask? Maxine giggled. Well, she was born in a French bakery. Yes, but we don't mention that in front of her, Edith Pendle said, lowering her voice. 
Honestly, Maxine, that is not something Poppy needs to know about. She'd want to buy bread there or find out how they make those fancy cakes. Mrs. Pendle studied her daughter longingly. I just don't understand it. I really don't. She shook her head and sighed. What Poppy should be doing is concentrating on her magic. So when is her first day at Wethersfield? Maxine Gibbons asked. Not till September, but I'm so excited, Maxine. You should see the uniform, deep purple with gold trim. Poppy's going to look so smart. She doesn't seem very enthusiastic, does she? Maxine said. No, Poppy's mother frowned. Thank goodness she won't have time for this ridiculous cooking nonsense when she starts school. Maxine shrieked with laughter and called over to Poppy. You need to get cooking up some spells, my girl. Witches don't make cakes, they make magic. But I don't want to be a witch, Poppy whispered, wondering if there was something wrong with her. She wished she could stop herself from turning seven. Unfortunately, she knew that sort of magic was impossible for her, and in a few months' time, whether she liked it or not, she was going to be starting at Rothersfield. Chapter 2. No Time to Bake The next three years were miserable ones for Poppy. She hated everything about Rothersfield Academy. Her life revolved around magic, and with all the homework she was expected to do, Poppy had almost no time left over for the things she really loved, cooking. She would tiptoe downstairs extra early on most days just so she could still bake. You cannot go off to school looking like this, Edith Pendle grumbled one morning, wiping at a butter stain on Poppy's uniform. I mean, honestly, Poppy, you're almost ten years old, and you still can't keep yourself clean. Oh, but Mom, don't these look good? Poppy said, staring at a glossy picture of coconut cupcakes. I had to try them. Her May issue of Good Eats magazine lay open on the counter, covered in blobs of raw batter. Mrs. Pendle gave an exasperated sigh. If you insist on getting up at the crack of dawn and mucking about in the kitchen, please wear an apron. I'm sorry, Mom, I forgot. What I'd like to know is how come you never forget when we run out of flour or sugar or to reorder that cooking magazine of yours? I'm honestly not sure, Poppy replied as a blob of buttercream landed on her skirt. Well, in case you've forgotten, it's the step-up ceremony next week, Poppy, and you'll become an, eater, an intermediate witch. That means you're going to have to start to focus on your work more. Poppy's stomach flipped over. She hated thinking about the step-up ceremony. It was an, an event anticipated with much excitement by most of the fourth formers because they would now be old enough to take flying lessons. Poppy had no desire to step up. It, school was awful enough as it was without having to worry about climbing onto a broomstick. Oh, Mom, that reminds me, Poppy said, sniffing the air and pulling a tray of cupcakes from the oven. Can you sign my report card, please? It's in the side pocket of my backpack, and I've got to take it back to school today. Your report card? Come on, Poppy. Why on earth didn't you give it to me last night? Mrs. Pendle crouched down by the table and rummaged around in Poppy's backpack. It was slumped on the floor, and she huffed in annoyance as she pulled out a long, crumpled envelope. These things do matter. I'm really sorry, Mom. I know, I know, you just forgot. Oh my goodness, though, will you look at this? Poppy's mother clapped her hand 
over her mouth. Six A's and two B's, B in spell chanting and B in chemistry. I can't sing, Mom. That's why Miss Robinson gave me a B for spell chanting. What about this B for chemistry? Mrs. Pendle glanced at her daughter. Mom, I hate chemistry. It's my worst subject. Isn't it rather like cooking? You're good at that, Poppy, mixing ingredients together. And then, unable to stop herself, she added, If you put as much time into chemistry as you do baking, you'd be making the honor roll. But I love to cook, Poppy said softly, and I really don't like making spells. Mrs. Pendle ignored this. Still, considering all your classes are advanced, you've done very well. I think this calls for a treat. Really, Mom? Thanks. There's a new book on cake decorating that sounds great. Couldn't, could I have that? Mrs. Pendle did not reply. Instead, she called out, Six A's, Roger! Waving Poppy's report card at her husband, who had just walked into the room. Well done, love. That's fantastic. Roger Pendle smiled at Poppy. Although it doesn't surprise me one bit, you're as smart as your great-granny Mabel. Oh, I know what we should do to celebrate. We should take Poppy to the Museum of Magical Discoveries, Edith suggested. That would make a lovely treat, wouldn't it? If you don't mind, I'd rather have the cookbook, Poppy said. But Edith Pendle was already hurrying out the back door, clutching Poppy's report card. She couldn't wait to show it to Maxine. It wasn't that Poppy tried particularly hard to do well at school, but magic just happened to be something she was extraordinarily good at. Even when her mind drifted in class, which it tended to do rather often, she was usually able to keep up in math. To keep up in math, they were learning how to divide large quantities of spell ingredients and add different potions together to make a spell balance correctly. Geography was all about studying the best places in the world to practice magic. Location, location, location. Miss Higgle, their geography teacher, was constantly telling the fourth formers. You did not want to practice magic in the desert, too hot, not enough water, and it was almost impossible to keep your ingredients from drying out. Hilly areas were fine, but mountainous regions like the Swiss Alps were terrible. Spells ricocheted about off the rocky walls and ended up in all the wrong places. Not that Poppy had the slightest interest in any of these things, but she did try to pay attention, even when she was thinking about new cookie recipes. The day before the step-up ceremony, Poppy celebrated her 10th birthday. She had invited Megan Roberts, Fanny Freeman, and some of the other girls in her class to a party, but apparently none of them could come, which didn't surprise Poppy one bit. She had only invited these girls to please them, to please her mother. They weren't real friends, not the sort of friends you could laugh and share secrets with. In fact, most of them teased Poppy because she liked to read cooking magazines and sometimes called her cakehead, since her hair always smelled of baking so it was only auntie viv coming for tea poppy preferred it that way as soon as edith's sister arrived she wrapped poppy up in a perfumey hug and planted a sticky pink kiss all over her niece kiss planted sticky pink kisses all over her niece's face wait till you see what i've brought you poppy you're going to love it is it a new muffin tin like i asked for auntie viv Don't be silly, Auntie Viv chuckled, watching Poppy unwrap her present. It's a briefcase for all your important spells and things. Now that you're going to be an intermediate witch, you've got to look the part. No more scruffy old backpack. While Poppy's parents oohed and awed over the real leather briefcase, Poppy opened up the rest of her her gifts. 
She got a new wand case, a miniature practice cauldron, and a DVD about famous witches. There was a picture of a scary-looking woman on the front of the on the front cover who peered out from behind the bars. It was called Witches Who Strayed Off the Magical Path, a close-up look at some famous witches who let their magic lead them astray. You'll enjoy that, Mrs. Pendle said. It talks about what a big responsibility being magic is and how these witches abused their powers and became evil and ended up on the dark side. She shuddered. So don't go getting any ideas, her father joked. Poppy gave him a weak smile. Can we have my cake now? She asked. It's a new recipe, and I think you're all going to love it. Oh, that's stunning, Auntie Viv sighed as Poppy put a three-layer lemon cake on the table. It was covered in swirls of creamy frosting with yellow roses piped around the edge. Leaning toward her sister, Vivian whispered, Poppy couldn't have made that thing. That You must have got it from Patisserie Marie Claire. Of course Poppy made it, Edith Pendle frowned at Auntie Viv, although I told her it was bad luck baking your own birthday cake. But I wanted to, Mom. It was fun. Yes, so let's all enjoy it, Edith Pendle said, thrusting forks around the table, because once Poppy's an intermediate witch, she'll be far too busy to bake, and no more reading cookbooks either. Edith Pendle sniffed. Nothing but a waste of time. Poppy didn't trust herself to speak. It was her birthday, and she could have been happy, but she only felt sad as she sucked lemon lemon frosting off her finger. That was chapters one and two of The Power of Poppy Pendle by Natasha Lowe. Maybe next time I'll read more, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. See you next time. Bye! Thank you.